This is Eitan Weinstein. And I'm Naor Menninger. And you're listening to Two Nice Jewish Boys. Today we will be diving, yet again, into the current political turmoil in Israel, sparked by the proposed judicial reforms by the new Netanyahu government. For those who have been living on a different planet, under a rock on a different planet, massive demonstrations and an immense campaign throughout mainstream media against the reforms have led to a complete backlash, tearing apart Israeli society. The place where these reforms are being prepared is the Israeli parliament, the Knesset, and more specifically, the Law and Constitution Committee, led by M.K. Simcha Rotman, who was actually a guest of ours on episode 275, so if you want, check it out. Today, we have the privilege of speaking with one of the advisors for the head of the committee, Professor Talia Einhorn, who just arrived from Jerusalem and even today took part in the committee. Professor Einhorn is an accomplished law professor with countless articles and studies on important topics revolving around Israeli and international law, including a major treatise on Israeli private international law, the third edition of which was just released in 2022. She is a titular member of the International Academy of Comparative Law and has been serving as a member of the Advisory Committee for the Appointment of Senior Civil Service Officials. Join us as we discuss the current state of affairs in Israel and gain insight into the proposed judicial reforms from an expert in the field. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. So where should we start? You're not only an expert in the field, you're actually there, you know, seeing how the sausages are being prepared, being made in the factory. This is the fifth week that um, I've been taking part in every session from Sunday till Wednesday, sometimes coming back home at 11.30 o'clock, at 23.30 midnight almost, or 9.30 at night, yeah, but... uh, It's complete chaos, those. I think if an American, right, would see those sessions, they'd be, I don't know, they'd jump from a tower or something. I think the most dramatic American, the American legislature, like the chambers of politics in America get is probably like filibustering. Like if they read like a Dr. Seuss book. (laughs) The the new version, the 2022 version. Well, it, it goes like this. Some parts of the sessions are really, as you have just described, and then the photographers jump in and just take videos of these parts. But much of the time is spent really in, at least experts come from both sides and, uh, and speak very seriously. What we have is an opposition that is not even trying to make any suggestions. All they want is to have chaos, to disrupt You're about the, the sessions. Opposition the ma- parties or opposition in no, general? No, no, the opposition parties. The parties, the parties especially mm-hmm. Yeshatid led by um, uh, Yair Lapid. Uh, the, his party, I mean the members, they come simply 
to disrupt. Uh, disrupt. Yeah. But that's what the Likud did also in the the previous. Uh, you know, in but that's the what the opposition does. Yes and no, because for instance, when there was need to reform or introduce amendments to the citizenship law statute, the the Likud and the, the religious Zionist party and all parties, in fact, the opposition parties joined with most of the coalition to introduce the very vital Amendments. Because they agreed on the agenda. Yeah, once they, y- but once yes, they don't, didn't but, agree, they... Uh, however, uh, I'll give you a simple example. Yeah, speaking, let's say, of the Labour Party. Professor Shimon Chitrit was uh, uh, leading, um, uh, leading uh, constitutional law professor. He was also um, a minister of justice and so on. And he published in 2021 a book proposing reforms that are more far-reaching than those of Yariv Levin. Mm-hmm. Today, uh, Oded Fogel of Israel Beitenu party came to the Knesset, and he, he too had suggested re- uh, reforms that were more far... In the past. In, but what do you mean the past? A year ago. A year ago, yes. <laughs> yes. The pa- by now the way, he's opposing. Now he's opposing the reforms, but, and then Simcha Rotman... <laughs> Reminds him. Yes, y- yes him. he said. Yeah. yeah, I'll be happy to take the package of your reforms and forget about mine. Yeah. And what about that? No, no, no. The times have changed. But the same <laughs> happened with uh, Professor Shimon Chitrit. I was interviewed together with him on the Knesset channel. They asked me two hours ahead if it was okay to interview us together. I said, surely. And then uh, we're introduced, and uh, Yanil Kozin, the journalist, says, well, um, um, you come from both sides of uh, opposing sides regarding this reform. Um, What have you got to say? He turns to me, and I say, well, you know, I love reading. It's a Zoom thing, so you see behind my back in my library, part of my library. Yeah, that, that's very visible. And they say, well, I'm holding in my hands a book published in 2021, um, a very fine book on Israeli uh, law. Um, the author is published by a very fine publisher, the Greutel. And highly, I recommend to everybody to read this book. The author is Professor Shimon Chitrit. And on page 229, he goes much further than Yariv Levin. Mm-hmm. And uh, Yaniel Kozin looks at uh, Professor Chitrit and says, um, can it be true what <laughs> she is telling us now? You too, Brutus. And he, the answer is quite amazing. Yes, of course. It, I mean, of course it's true. I read out what was written there. Mm-hmm. No re- review of, no judicial review of statutes at all. Okay, so, uh, yeah, but that... What was his answer? The times have changed. The times have changed. Yes. Quote verbatim, that's what he said. Yeah. From a year ago. From a year ago. The only thing that's changed is that he lost, the, the, his, that, that camp lost in the elections. He said, this is the proposal I would make in normal times. Mm. But <laughs> these times are not normal. And I then see. he came to the Knesset committee, and I was sitting there, and once again he said, yes, I'm aware that I have made 
different proposals, but these were for normal times. Now, for the life of me, and Gidon Sar, and, uh, you know, and uh, yeah, other parties, they all signed, they are, they submitted such bills to the Knesset, mm-hmm. endorsing a very strong reform, and now it's all, but, and this can, uh, this is incredible. You know, I find this what can I say? This is all uh, taking a position. It's not serious. Yeah, it's pretty. Uh, it's pretty crazy. He, but but I have fact, a question. In fact, Lapid himself yeah. said some just some months ago, or uh, uh, he said that it cannot be that the Bagats, the High Court, the Supreme Court sitting as a High Court of Justice, takes decisions on matters of politics and economics and so on. I mean, where? And now, you know, his party is really. It's the position. Uh, yeah. It's the position. But I, I, there is no one in the committee that brings forth legitimate objection, maybe non-politi- not politicians that are part of the opposition, but maybe academics or people who are coming from uh, you know, NGOs or lobbies or whatever. Yes, they're bringing all kinds of oppositions, and that's true. And that's the, the more interesting part of the debate. So what, what How- do you feel is the number one objection in your mind that actually does trouble you meaning from someone who does because i want to try and challenge a little bit we've 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 anyway i want to ask you kind of what is the 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 number one objection that has been brought to the committee that you've heard that that is actually a a valid valid criticism of the reform you're asking too much (laughs) <laughs> because the objections are not valid, but I can tell you what they sense as the most uh, contentious bone in this. That's the appointment of the justices. Mm. I mean, those... Uh, now, th- this needs a bit of an explanation. What is the situation now? What What is uh, what the reform seeks to achieve? And... Uh, Let's dive in. What's the situation now? The situation now is that the appointments committee, there is an appointments committee composed of three justices, the president of the Supreme Court and two justices of the Supreme Court, Mm -hmm. meaning three justices altogether, two members of the bar association, um, two uh, ministers from the government and two members of Knesset, Usually one from, but not necessarily one from the coalition, one from the opposition. Mm-hmm. Now, where's the problem here? The problem starts, the three justices vote unanimously. Mm-hmm. So even though it's not allowed by the law, each one has to take his own decision. But in practice, they vote like uh, you, can, you could have had just one justice there. The members of the bar... Almost always go along with the justices. So you already have five out of nine. Mm -hmm. Now, assume that the coalition is a right-wing coalition. So they have two ministers and one member of Knesset. That's three. The opposition will go ahead with uh, usually with uh, five that anyway have a majority. Mm -hmm. So now... And you a, need you need a seven. Now wait for the Supreme Court. Ah. You even need a seven seven votes in in favor. Now 
If for the it's other a, courts, no. No. For the other courts, it's a simple majority. Mm. But the simple majority is there anyway. Yeah. Now, to get seven, this means essentially, first of all, that the Supreme Court has a veto over who gets in because you cannot do it without them. And secondly, that there may be a little bit of an influence if this is a right-wing coalition. If it's a left-wing coalition, as we had in the last year and a, in the past year and a half, then it's eight against one. Ah, and they okay. And then, let's say, we know it. This is exactly what happened. They appointed 61 judges in less than five hours. Mm-hmm. Mean, mm-hmm. They just ha- have it all. Now, this is not a normal situation now. But the, judge, is, but the judge, Aaron Barak, if he would sit here, would tell you, excuse me, we don't... Why, why do you uh, put left and right to us? We're not left and we're not right. We just do what's best for... We're judges, we're blindfolded, and yeah. we're only influenced by uh, why assuming know, the scales of justice. They're with the left. Yes. Well, the fact is that if you look at the record of decisions of the Supreme Court sitting as a High Court of Justice, and I would like to say a word about this whole institution of the High Court of Justice. But if you look at their decisions, oddly enough, you get 10 out of 11 or 6 out of 7 or 4 out of 5 who vote in one direction and you can guess already by the composition of the panel how the result will go. I mean, and this is clear, I'll give you some examples. But maybe even beforehand, I should explain one thing about this situation, this institution called the High Court of Justice. It's the Supreme Court sitting as a High Court of Justice as a first and last instance. This is something of which there is no comparable inst- uh, court in, in the Western world. Uh, you always, before you get to the Supreme Court, you have a trial court that finds out, uh, does the fact-finding and has evidence there. In common law countries, there is a clear cross-examination and so on. So, you know, in other countries, the judge will ask questions and also the lawyers prepare. There is a trial court that gets the facts correctly. And then on appeal, I mean, try to get to the American Supreme Court. Yeah? You go first through the trial court or the district court, and you have the appellate court. In the states, you have also a Supreme Court. And then finally, at the last stage, you get to the U.S. Supreme Court. Mm-hmm. And, or in England, you go first to the High Court of Justice, then the appellate court, court of appeal, then the Supreme Court. You're Even talking about countries, what's called the right of standing. Uh, no, 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 no. I'm talking about appealing. the... Appealing up ah, the ladder. Appealing. Okay. Uh, wait, I'll get to the... Of course, I'll get also to the standing, but how do you get it all mm-hmm. to the Supreme Court? Mm-hmm. In, in states where you have a, a, a constitutional court, you don't go directly to the constitutional court. You first go to one of the... It may be the civil court, or it may be a criminal case, or it may be an administrative case, or a, f- a finance a matter of tax law. So there are different courts. They will hear the case, and if there is a constitutional question relating that arises out of the, 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 these facts, this case, then that question will be put to the constitutional court. This is the largest bulk of 
issues with which the constitutional court is engaged. The constitutional court in the United States being no, the no. State? In Germany, there uh, in, in Germany. the United States there is no. But uh, okay. if you look at Germany, for instance, yeah, Germany has a constitutional court, and you don't just come to the constitutional court say hi, I'm there. <laughs> now take a number. Now, just to give you an idea what happens when you don't have fact-finding, so we had the people of Amona. Amona is a settlement in Judea and Samaria situated mm -hmm. in a strategic place, was <laughs> a settlement, I should say, and came along Arabs to the court and said, well, we are the owners of this land and the people of Amona should be evacuated. And the court heard, uh, looked at the affidavit, and said, yes, this must be private property, and or made an order that Amona should be destroyed as a settlement. Then the same petitioners who came to the High Court of Justice went to the district court and said, now we want compensation for the whole time that Amona was situated there. The state woke up and said, why don't you prove, let's see that you prove your ownership. And it turned out that only a tiny, tiny fraction, two dunam, which is nothing almost, yeah. 2, belonged, square meters. belonged to this. Yes, belonged to these people. Could be uh, belonged to these persons. That's all. Mm -hmm. So uh, I mean, there is no. Or if you want, you can take the gas plan, the exploration of gas. <laughs> Nobel Energy was the explorer and the state changed the rules of the game several times. And finally, they said, okay, for the next 10 years, we give you a stability clause. We're not going to change the game, the rules of the game any longer. Comes the clinic of a law college. And this I'll <laughs> soon give these examples, uh, explain how this can be at all to the Supreme Court and says, with affidavits, of course, that the, such a scheme, a stability clause, fits developing countries, but not developed countries. And there are three states that banned, developed states that banned stability clauses. England, very respectable, New Brunswick in Canada, and Alaska in the United States. And the court says, well, the stability clause cannot stand. Now, the only thing they weren't aware of was that these three states abolished these laws well before the court gave its decision. And the reason, the simple reason was that, let's say in New Brunswick, people were promised that instead of every investor who will not come, there will be 50 queuing to explore even without a stability clause. And guess what happened? Nobody came. Nobody came. And since nobody came, uh, they repealed these laws because it doesn't work that way. In destroyed. fact, the stability clauses are given between 10 and 25 years. So 10 years was really the minimum. Now what you're talking about is the professionalism of the judges. No, it's the because system. It's, it's not only the professionalism. Suppose I was sitting there. Mm -hmm. Now, what would I do? There is no system of fact-finding in the Supreme Court. It's an appellate court. It's not the normal thing. You have so a, you get an affidavit. Decisions? What do you mean there's no... F isn't the system of fact-finding just question-asking? 
saying, no, show me evidence? But there is no such arrangement. You just get the affidavits and that's it. There's no I mean, cross-examination? No cross-examination. You See, I was a practicing lawyer before I became an academic. There's I had no been for six years and, and then five years I worked for an industry. But in those six years, I also brought, I brought petitions to the High Court of Justice and I had very tough time proving my case because there is no way to put the person who gave the affidavit on behalf of the state, on behalf of the authority on the witness stand, and ask him to prove what what he wrote in his affidavit. The affidavit can be detached from reality completely. And then, well, we're talking about the Supreme Court sitting as as yes, but the proceedings are wrong. I mean, in other countries, you you always have a trial court. And in Israel, we have already the administrative courts. And instead of taking all these proceedings and putting them in the district court, and the district court has fact-finding, you can ask questions and so on, it should be strengthened. The rules aren't good enough, the procedure rules, but there is something there, and uh, at least the judges are more used to asking questions, which is not the case at all in the Supreme Court. I mean, most, uh, I'm assuming in the U.S., the the process and the system is similar, it's just that you have this, they're not the, the, the court of first and last instance, meaning the lower courts are doing the fact-finding, and then it's assumed that if you reach the Supreme Court, you've gone through enough fact-finding process, sure. and now we can look at the facts and make a, an educated decision on what's right uh, or wrong. Uh, uh, no, there is a, still a question of law, and the question yeah. of law, but you cannot make a decision, if you don't a know the legal facts. decision, if you don't know the facts. But I, so can, I can appeal to the Supreme Court. Of course. He can, anyone that's can ap- standing. Now, wait. <laughs> now, several <laughs> things. There is... Um, to make it even strong, to make the, it stronger, uh, Justice Barack already started this because when I was uh, a practicing lawyer, the person who petitioned the court had to be directly affected by uh, the, an act of the agency, the government, the CNES. You had to be uh, directly affected. You couldn't come on as a public, what we call a public petitioner Mm-hmm. on behalf you have of to be no public at all. You have to be, yes, you have to have... To an, show damages. Uh, or, you, or maybe you're afraid that there will be damages, yeah. you want to stop something ahead of time, but nonetheless, you are directly affected, not somebody who, is, uh, who comes on more or less on behalf of himself, but pretends to be, to act on behalf, to petition on behalf of the public. So one thing, Alwan Barak said, no, no, we are, we, he opened the floodgates to the, he, he dropped all this thing about standing. And you get most of the petitions brought to the High Court of Justice are brought by public petitioners, especially, I, I must admit, from one side of the political map. They're very welcome. Those who attack what the right-wing government does because let's say if you had uh, uh, complaints about the new civil, when they made a reform, a terrible reform of the civil procedure rules, that was thrown out of court very quickly. But uh, if you come from the right, meaning the left side of the political map, and you attack uh, the exploration of gas, or you attack the settlements, or you 
Immigration Come, laws. Immigration laws, citizenship. Um, Nation-state bill. Yes, well, yes, Israel, the state of the Jewish people. So these, or you're trying to make some arrangements for the settlement, then uh, these petitions are mo most welcome to the court, mm -hmm. and the court picks them. And uh, uh, let's say now the most, uh, how shall I say it, the most surprising was uh, the, the decision of uh, a Supreme Court justice uh, that the, a, a public petitioner came in the, with the idea, the movement for quality of governance, yeah, that the court should order, make an order that Prime Minister Netanyahu is incompetent henceforth to run the government. Yeah. So uh, she, uh, the justice ordered the government to respond to the petition. I mean, instead of saying, hey, we don't have jurisdiction to deal with such questions. So the, the other thing apart from standing was that everything is justiciable. And mm -hmm. so the Supreme Court decides uh, matters of ta uh, abolished uh, 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 tax law, uh, it, immigration uh, law. Immigration laws definitely. I mean, you, they, the, with the result that infiltrators are filling the streets, uh, streets of, South, of Tel South Tel Aviv, and of course, who can be a minister? And uh, can who can be, be a minister, minister, even though, according to the law, Mr. Derry can be a minister. And by the way, even here, there was a big error on the fact-finding by five of the justices who said that he was stopped from running, but that was completely incorrect, uh, factually, because he never, Mr. Derry never suggested that he would um, uh, take leave of yeah. political life altogether. He just, and I read his, uh, the arrange, the plea bargain. I read the m protocol, the minutes of the court session in the, when, where, and, and by the way, this was really a case that wasn't worth much. I checked that too. But in any case, I mean, the he never promised. The prosecution wasn't worth much? The prosecution wasn't worth anything. I mean, it was a shame. Why did he settle? Because 97% uh, of people indicted in Israel are end up uh, guilty as charged. And 97%? 97%. Which is like a flip from most countries, right? And th this may last for years and years. And already in his case, they were looking for something for six years. They were looking for s big things like bribery and so on. When they finally didn't find anything, they ended up with something that was defined by the attorney general for good reason, that it was less than a tiny mouse. It was not even a tiny mouse what they found eventually. I mean, he didn't, it was, uh, it was yeah, his brother who benefited. Yeah, now he didn't even owe one shekel to the tax authorities. Nobody claimed that. I mean, it was a question of whether he should have reported that a certain deal went to his brother and not to himself, or the value that his brother would have paid a little bit more purchase tax, but he didn't owe anything on betterment tax. So, In uh, any case, there yeah. was nothing there. But the court, nonetheless, said. Five justices decided that he had promised that he would never return to the political yeah. life. He yeah. is leaving them. Now, the interesting thing is that in uh, 
President Hayut's decision, it is written clearly that the day after the court decision in the magistrate mm-hmm. court, he went to his party and said, well, um, I'm, I'm going to lead you now and I'll be your leader and hopefully in the elections we will win. So yeah. this movement for quality of uh, governance came immediately to An the NGO. state attorney's office. Yes. And they said, hey, you should cancel the plea bargain. And in re- at real time, and this is written in President Hayut's uh, judgment, real time, the, the, they, the answer was, this was never part of the plea bargain. Wow. Uh, so we gotta get uh, back, that's incredible. Let's get back to that. Yes. I want to ask something. Hold on. Okay. I want to ask about, because yeah. we, we've, we've talked case, about the judicial reforms yeah. in qu- quite uh, extensively. And I want to ask you personally, with the current state of the reforms, do you have any criticism of the reform itself? Do you have anything I that you wish? I would have gone further. But, but uh, okay. So no, we I'll could, explain why also, because maybe But is there a, anything you would pull back on? <laughs> well, I'll explain maybe. The one. Is maybe the... No, I'm saying, is there anything that you actually believe is taking a step? I'm sure there are places, you know, we can think that certain things should go further and certain things should be held back. There is one thing that is that comes up also from the complaints of the opposition, except that they're taking it in one direction, I would take it in another. That there is no, there is agreement within the 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 Knesset committee indeed, that the basic laws, the Israeli basic laws are not really a constitution. Mm -hmm. I mean, they were voted by very few, let's say the human dignity and um, uh, freedom, liberty, human dignity and liberty was uh, voted by 32 to 26 uh, But later it was confirmed by some 67 uh, or 75 to zero, Not really. And the fact is that when the members of Knesset, they were promised by the chair at the time, who now says this is incorrect, but the the words are in the minutes. There is no question about that. That don't worry, the court will not uh, substitute with it. We are not making the court um, responsible for judicial review of statutes. This isn't going to happen. And the only member who didn't believe it was Miki Eitan, Michael Eitan from the Likud. Mm -hmm. He said, I'm worried about it, I'm worried about it. But he was the only one. They said, no, no, don't worry. There is nothing to worry about. This is in the early 90s? Yes, that was in... 92. Uh, 92. But later but, I understood that it was passed with 65 <laughs> and then 75 to zero. Is that not true? The law itself, the basic laws, there is only, uh, let's say, the basic law, Israel, uh, the state of the Jewish people, that really got a, a very fine majority in all parts of the legislation because you should have such a vote on each in at each step of the legislation there are three readings you should have such a majority a full majority an absolute majority in all readings and this never happened with human dignity and liberty quite the contrary when they came now you're right at one point they tried to restrict 
the law by setting a, um, uh, a, an override clause or limitation clause, I would call it, that the law may, uh, that you may make certain legislation that will be incompatible for a period of time and so on. And then, and, but that has to f fulfill some, like an override clause. And, th and that got a certain majority, but that's not the whole law. So you have a problem here. Now, it's agreed, really. Also, the Supreme Court has proved that it doesn't care much about the basic laws because it had already stated that it has the power to pass judicial review of the... Uh, upon over the basic, basic laws. laws themselves. Mm -hmm. And they call it the doctrine of um, uh, abuse of the... Uh, constitutional power of uh, the Knesset. Like the unconstitutionality of the law. Or exactly, or unconstitutionality of the amendment or the abuse of the power of the Knesset as a constitutional uh, entity trying Hukalo to make Hukatit it. Something like that. Like non-constitutional constitution. Yeah, it's such well, a so, mind pretzel. So now you can take it <laughs> in two directions. You can say, okay, if, if we are agreed that this isn't a constitution, then there is nothing to hinge upon to use as a hinge in order to pass judicial review and indeed when I looked at the cases of the Supreme Court and I wondered how did the Supreme Court uh, decide that laws were uh, invalid how did they invalidate them and when you read the decisions it's an eye-opener because what the court says is well yeah um Israel is as, as uh, the regime in Israel is a substantive democracy, and what, uh, which means what that, that mean? we, <laughs> which means that it abides by universal values as perceived by the enlightened public. Who said this? I, I this is you. written in the in one case after another when they mm. revoke the. It started, of course, with Aaron Barak, but later on, you know, this became as uh, Justice Fogelman said. By now, this is mainstream. No, that it we can't can be. Do it can't this. be universal laws as they are perceived uh, by universal the enlightened values. universal values as they are perceived by the enlightened public. Yes, that's how it's written. Yes. What? Yeah. Who are the what? <laughs> Who's yeah. the enlightened public? Yeah. Who's and the enlightened public? <laughs> and, and Does he yeah. define that? Does he define who well, the enlightened public I is? I think we all know who the enlightened <laughs> public is. That That's the be. ten That's out really? of eleven. That's yes, really it written is. in judicial. This is decision? really written. I've just uh, I've just submitted an article with these uh, well, quotations. We, we decided before the episode that we were going to challenge you, but you're making it very difficult. <laughs> so it's now not, it's you not can, easy. So now you can say, well. If this is the case, then there is no ground, there is no basis for judicial review of statutes. And in, indeed, England, that doesn't have a constitution, there is no judicial review of statutes. The furthest they went is with, um, uh, as regards the European Convention of Human Rights, they made the Human Rights Act in England, which states that the court may declare a law usually a, a provision of a law, sometimes it boils down to a word, that is incompatible with the 
Human Rights Act or the convention, essentially. So what's the the checks and balances in the UK for for the government? Wait, I'll just give you another example. In the Netherlands, they have a constitution. Mm -hmm. Article 120 states that there is no judicial review of statutes, of parliamentary statutes. And voila, red-headed people aren't executed aren't executed and nothing in yes. fact it, well maybe there's not enough redheads in the uh, Netherlands the fact is that the systems work also in uh, Israel was Israel not a democracy before the democrat uh, before the um, constitutional yeah. revolution we were and the, things even worked better and there was more protection of basic rights of the individual than there is now at present in fact what, uh, there are two point, uh, places where we have serious problems. One is, as I pointed out, basic rights are not properly protected by the Supreme Court because look at, if you want that, uh, a glaring example, what's happening in Netanyahu's case. I mean, one day after another, we find out that for no good reason at all and without getting anything at all, people... Around Netanyahu, one, two, three, four, five, were inf- their telephones were infected with spyware, and and by the police, by the police with the uh, state attorney's office. The, the the attorney general told the court at the time, gave an affidavit that he was following every step. Now he says that. He wasn't aware of these things. By the way, even uh, the main investigator said that he never signed anything. And now it came out that some of the orders, uh, he, he was the person who signed the requests to have the st- spyware. Anyway, what's coming out, and in fact, the courts have sanctions, sanctioned not only in this case, but also in this case, which brought about... Uh, uh, a loss of uh, the a change of the um, government. Uh, government, and finally we can, we're back at that. But um, uh, it's the problem is that these things are sanctioned by the courts. They allow trespassing of private persons, of persons and normal citizens to go ahead. And this is very problematic. That's one thing. They don't protect the minorities like the people of South Tel Aviv. They don't allow, today I read out in the Knesset, just as an example, uh, terrorists. How do you punish terrorists? So the state wanted to... Demolish uh, their homes. To, to, uh, let's take the denationalization. Okay. To, uh, to remove the... Uh, they shouldn't be nationals of the... And this is even allowed by the 1961 convention of which Israel is not a party. But nonetheless, this is allowed. And then the court said, well, you may uh, revo- uh, denationalize him, but he must g- get permanent uh, residency with all social benefits. <laughs> and the court writes that in his favor, this person who blew up 24 people on a bus, he first was on a m- more crowded bus, and he left the more crowded bus and stepped on, moved to the other one where he just had these 24 unlucky people. 
that so, was probably obviously so a part of his decision. So this stands to his benefit. Yeah. Was, yeah, he yeah. was thinking but, about that. But so, so what kind of a protection is this for the people of Israel? There is no proper, and on top of everything, there is the question of the Jewish state. Israel was created as the state of the Jewish people. And I'm much more concerned that the Supreme Court will try to change this and turn Israel, because just a month ago, they also sent the Knesset, more or less, to amend the citizenship law in a way that will enable not only Jews, but also Arabs to reunite with family members from Gaza and uh, Judea and Samaria or the West Bank. Like that was the situation for for decades. No, no you couldn't. I- You like Gaza women got married and got, got yes, for, but that for decades was, it, it happened. It happened, but this isn't the law. And the law should be the other way around, mm-hmm. and the, the law should be enforced. Also, you're right, Bedouins may have four w- wives, and some of them are come from, uh, yeah. because they are cheaper. But this has to be taken care of, and definitely not to be encouraged but, instead. But, but wait, let's, yeah, let's yeah. make, Go we, we got to make life a bit hard on you. So, but Do, uh, yeah. maybe the, the, the argument... would be that, okay, the UK and the Netherlands, yeah, they don't have uh, uh, those, uh, they don't allow judges to overcome a decision of the government. But the UK... No, and, not the government. Uh, We're talking about the, 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 parliament, the, parliament. the parliament. But but, uh, but the UK and the Netherlands are not this country. This country is a country with a lot of anomalies, uh, which we, and thus it cannot be compared to other countries. Uh, first world countries for example those countries are not uh, ruling a military rule on territories and 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 and, and millions of people okay which we do for example right first of all these people by the way are, they are, are not most citizens. of them are subject to the jo- Jordan. Uh, to the Pal- no no to it's Jordanian law to an extent but it's the Palestinian Authority the majority of Arabs living in Judea and Samaria are subject to the Palestinian Authority where human rights aren't respected or At all okay, and no, in, but this uh, isn't Israel this isn't because in all civil matters they are subject to the why, to why, their own and in Gaza it's the Hamas it's a terrorist group why would What? that make a difference yeah. hey hey you should help no, me no I'm asking <laughs> I'm asking I'm trying to strengthen I'm uh, I'm, I'm, I'm setting you up I'm lobbing you <laughs> doesn't uh, feel like it why would it matter it should matter it's, it's an example there are many other examples for example Israel is the only country where 50% of the population doesn't work and doesn't pay taxes or where I half of the population half of the population isn't going to the military military and half of the population is obligatory to go to the military so those are all kinds of anomalies and there are more anomal- anomalies right where 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 okay. you know what I'm saying so maybe you do need someone who's objective maybe you need a dictatorship okay. is what I'm saying basically. no what I would say is <laughs> very, the following very challenging this very is challenging. great <laughs> no thank you very much I think this was a great point I'll tell you why in my opinion you see in When you have a legislature, the Knesset, the government and the court, each one has its rules, its, uh, its role in society. Mm-hmm. The role of the Knesset is to adopt laws. And you're right, in view of the special problems of the state of Israel, uh, we, are, we have um, parliamentary democracy, meaning that every coalition is composed of 
many parties and they try to come to some kind of compromises because indeed passing laws, adopting laws in Israel isn't easy. You have to go through and getting uh, 61 persons to vote on anything is the other way around. Now, the role of the court is to settle disputes in a peaceful matter, manner under law. And the Israeli Supreme Court, what it is doing when it is trying to enforce its universal values, values mm-hmm. it creates more <laughs> disputes than it solves. Because let's take, for example, the draft law. That mm-hmm. would be, they said, indeed, there is a problem. You have a group of the population. It may be true that the army cannot really do anything with them because of their style of life, which doesn't really fit any army camp. But anyway, the fact is that the draft from them is coming in smaller numbers. So the Knesset worked very, very hard to find a compromise where a certain percentage will come in and to help also the others get into the workforce. The Supreme Court, just like that, abolished that law, saying this doesn't fit our perception of equality. Everybody has to be equal no matter what, and sent the Knesset to fix this in one year. Now, of course, this was unrealistic, and this was the trigger for four rounds of elections. And this but, shouldn't happen. But, yes. to give a counter-argument. And as any, was any Orthodox person mobilized to the army because of that? Nothing happened until now. But if It we take this example, anything. if we yes. take this example, yeah. and this is an example in which I am being, uh, you know, I am being... You know, I, I can do anything against the fact that the Knesset um, wants to, I, I don't know how to put it even, wants to give them the, that privilege, which is, we can all agree, I think, that it's, it, it is not, it, it hurts equality in the state of Israel, right? It, it's not equal. I'll tell if you I am, If I am forced to go to be a slave for three years, And my and another guy in Bnei Brak is uh, he can go and exempt. Uh, yeah, and he studies in the yeshiva. He studies in the yeshiva. That is a huge problem. It's a huge problem, and it's not. It's it's simply not fair and not equal in you a democracy. You know something. <laughs> you know. In my so opinion. who will protect me from that? If not the I'll give you the, my the answer. I'll give you okay. m- well, I'll give you my answer. First of all, it's a great privilege to serve in the Israeli defense forces. Okay. Uh, you know, I look at the generation of my fa- father, my mother. Well, my mother was already born in Israel, although not in the state of Israel. I was very fortunate. My father came from White Russia in 1920, a time of pogroms in White Russia. And uh, yeah, he saw things that I never experienced. And to think, you know, when I think of my great, uh, grandfather or great-grandfather, they would have said, wow, <laughs> you are so lucky to live in the state. Also my parents, you know, they would look at it as the greatest privilege we have to live in the state of Israel and serve the Israeli But army. But that's your value. And it, uh, maybe, yes. But I think that on the whole, Most Israelis, 
You see but it here's there? one that doesn't want to serve. Okay. And, and he, no, I, no I, don't, I, I didn't say he don't want to serve. He didn't say that. I, 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 oh, hypothetically, I guys. No, let's I not, want the choice. Let's not I, get, I just say I want the choice. Uh, want here's one that doesn't want to serve. Let's pretend that he okay. doesn't want to serve uh, oh, for the sake awful. of an argument. No, no, I cannot do that. Okay, for the sake of the argument. <laughs> but uh, okay, so Yossi down the street doesn't want to serve. The the fact is that when you live, but he's not a Haredi. Yes, like the person who wanted to have his hair long, even though he's not, uh, he's not yeah, a woman. Yeah, he's not a woman <laughs> in the army. Yeah, yeah never but mind. never mind. Uh, yeah. So, look, there is no, by the way, uh, there is no right to equality in general. There is a right not to be discriminated against. And the idea, what is discrimination? That you treat similar people similarly or similar people differently. But if you treat different people similarly, that doesn't make it good. And the fact is that the Haredis are different in this respect, and we can live with this. The state can live. The most important thing is that they join the, the workforce at some point, and they do, most of them. It's not true anymore that most of them stay in the yeshiva forever. They come to But a certain age. But it is an age. example of how easily... Yeah. Inequality, uh, and, and this is life and death matter. You know, people are sent to their death, and they go and uh, make children, and, uh, you know. So, so th this is an example, I think, rather than of how easily in this country uh, a parliament can make a decisions, compromises, that hurt, really hurt, a huge part of the population. I, I think... And, and even kills them. You know, one population is actually going to their death and the other is not. So, 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 so let's take this example for one second and, and what do we do? What Most do we do? people are not sent to their death. Most people, in depends, fact, the army, depends, depends. the army has a great uh, role also in creating the Israeli society as it is, because the mobility in Israeli society is fantastic. If you're born in one part of the country or in a certain, it, it, it doesn't matter, you can get wherever you wish to get most of the time. Of course, there are, you can say also that right-wing people are discriminated against in other respects. Mm -hmm. Or maybe left-wing uh, people feel discriminated. By the way, this is one of the most interesting experiences, how many people feel discriminated against or as minorities or not as minorities and so on. And w whichever way you cut it, yes, the Israeli society is very, very colorful. And the Jewish people always lived on disputes. But you don't need a court that aggravates the situation. And the fact is, I'm sorry to say that the Israeli court aggravates the disputes among the different factions of society. It makes people feel like, oh, um, I've been discriminated against. I didn't get my ch share. Mm -hmm. I didn't get my chance. I think and ultimately it's also a question of like what's more important, freedom or equal freedom and peace or equality. And I think that it, meaning it's equality for the sake of equality, I feel like is sometimes people just want to die on that hill. And ultimately it's not going to help anybody if the Haredim go. And secondly, democracy decided that, meaning, meaning a coalition was formed with those people and 
you know, I don't know how much you actually stand behind that's what you were saying or you were trying to challenge. But like ultimately, a, democ- a democratic process led to a coalition which passed that legislation. So that's democracy. That's us repre- being represented and by our... And uh, that's the main argument of the of the people who are opposing those reforms. They're saying, okay, in, a democ- in this yeah. democracy, like they decided to, uh, to not draft the Haredis, they can decide... For example, that if you earn more than 40,000 shekels, you get 90% taxed. They can decide Well, it. by the way, yeah. I still remember times when people paid very, very high taxes. That was in my childhood. People paid skyrocketing taxes. Okay. And this was changed, thanks heaven, because the idea that you pay, you know, then it started that people got payments cash. that were not in no not necessarily cash ah. but they got money for clothing and they mm. got money for the car and they got yeah. money for all like kinds stamps. of things that had nothing to do with their salary the problem was that when they came to retire all these benefits were taken away and you mm-hmm. were left just with them but no I, I want to come back to your major point you see the coalitions in Israel also change so you saw that the previous coalition which didn't have the Haredi in it at all didn't change this draft law also and why didn't they do that because they also had inside a minority that part part of which was the muslim brothers and that was even more difficult maybe and more dangerous to the state than the Haredi. which is maybe why we need a third entity like the supreme court (laughs) make it Stronger, Except maybe. that the Supreme Court didn't do anything during the whole period of the former government yeah. because they couldn't care less. Because the former government was a government they didn't want to destabilize. It is this government that the court wants to destabilize. Now, we didn't vote for the Supreme Court. I don't remember ever casting a vote for the Supreme Court. But and the Supreme Court is behaving like a political party. But maybe we can, so what if, I'm just thinking out loud here. Don't. What if we, <laughs> what if we change the committee, but we give them still the power? Why don't keep the power and we, if, if the committee is changed by the, pol- is decided by the politicians, it means we, our representatives, they choose the judges, let's say, in this scenario. Why do we care about, let's, let's give, let's let them keep the, the power. I don't understand the justices. The justices. He's saying make the Supreme Court more representative, more directly but influenced by you, the vote. Yes, but how and can then, you make uh, it without changing the no the, the selection committee? You, cha- committee. Saying, you change say, the committee. Let's change the election committee, but let's okay. pass on the other judicial review, judicial uh, reforms. The let's let okay. them. You know what I'm saying? Uh, of course, but the problem goes like this: at the moment, you have 15 justices. In 2023, only two will be replaced. So pack the courts, so that, like in the America. Pack the courts. There is no good reason for that. What you need to do really is, then, that, believe me, this is, I think, the major problem for most of those who oppose the reform. They don't want any change in the composition of the Supreme Court, and it doesn't really matter. Now, all the rest is part of that, but indeed, there is much. there is need for many more reforms. I mean, having another problem is that 60% of the time of the Supreme Court is consumed by these cases. So only 40% are left for 
civil or criminal law and uh, tax law, etc., etc. Now, instead of choosing, and that would be the advantage of my initial proposal, to remove completely the possibility of judicial review of statutes and instead choose justices according to their speciality or expertise in the different fields of law. And then we will have, because one of our problems is that the civil law is so unclear that people keep running to court. Mm-hmm. And they have problems. There is no certainty in the Israeli legal system. And the Supreme Court is, in our system, the only one that writes precedents that are binding upon the other courts. And they don't do their job. So, because most of their time is consumed by these fantastic mm-hmm. uh, uh, cases, which draw a lot of public attention, but this isn't their major role. So well, that's what I would Uh, like to see, but this isn't going to happen because they went for a compromise. And the compromise means that they will be allowed, but they have to be sit all together and decide. Yeah. Yeah. What about the fact that we don't have a, let's talk about the fact that Israel doesn't have a constitution. You're saying that basic laws shouldn't be, shouldn't substitute a constitution. Is it possible for a state to exist? Is it sustainable for a state to exist without constitution? Isn't England, New Zealand, yeah, they exist very well without the With constitution. With no constitution. No constitution. Moreover, in Israel, when you try to settle some, to make a constitution, you create more havoc than than the situation already. Because indeed, there are many disputes inside. Look, each family has Chagaidi, many families, let's say, have Chagaidi people and leftists. And, but in the family, we manage all together. If we sat down to draft an agreement, we would be fighting all day. And that's a major problem. Now, look at the Talmud. I mean, it's all disputes, disputes, disputes. So you don't have to necessarily solve all the disputes. A society can live very well with a, 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 a large degree of disagreement. Mm. You don't have to fight <clears throat> over it. I want to keep making life hard on you a little Good. bit. Because I'm thinking about the future, okay? Yes. I'm in general, I'm for the reform. I'm, I'm really for it. Um, but I'm trying to look at the mindset of, of the opposers. And, uh, you know, according to all statistics, in 30, 40, 50 years, Haredi and Orthodox and religious, there will be probably anything between 30 and 50% of the population, okay? Something like that. Let's say between on the spectrum between Haredi and the religious, okay? And some and the, they we can agree that their values, okay, some of their values are very different, or their core values are very different than me, Eitans, I don't know about you. And they will be, they will have a, oh, like in the in the in the committee, they will have an almost an automatic majority in every elections. So what will happen in thirty or forty years? Let's say the Haredias are fifty percent, okay, just for the sake of the argument. They are getting elected to the Knesset and they decide to pass a law that you can't talk on the phone in Shabbat. They decide. They're the majority. So what do I do then? As a secular citizen. It would be interesting to try to enforce this rule, but let's set this aside. It's just an example. But that's an example. Look, I don't know about your great-grandparents, but 
in my case, my great-grandparents were very, very Orthodox Jews. Yeah. And, you know, Alterman, uh, Nathan Alterman was one of our greatest poets. He, he used also to write columns. And one of them is about the parents who are so worried that the grandchild sees the grandfather who is a very Orthodox Jew. And they're so worried about what kind of bad influence this little child will get from his grandfather. And he said, well, he says in his uh, in this piece, where did you grow up? I mean, why are you so worried? My answer is, I'm not worried, but the future is not mine to see, and I'm really not worried about it. So many people in this country come from, even, you know, the chief of staff and many others, they come from very religious homes. And uh, you can see for yourself, I'm not really worried. And I'm sure also Orthodox, some of the Orthodox people are very liberal, by the way. Some of the other people who are not Orthodox at all, you know, they're not no less religious in their non-religion than the others. I mean, I don't see, if I look but at the Israeli left, mm -hmm. they're even more compelling than uh, or they uh, are less liberal and less open to any suggestion than the orthodox the orthodox usually don't care much about you and i do, what you and i do they care much more about themselves their children and so on to the extent that it's possible of course it isn't uh, it isn't completely but um, i'm not worried really Okay, but technically... Technically, everything technically, is possible. What about the left party that wants to join forces with the Muslim brothers? Is that okay for you? Can no. you accept that? No. Okay, so, so this is where the right, we are. So I'll appoint the right-wing judge and, and he will uh, Yeah, but it, it's it. not his job. The role of the judge is, as I said, yeah. it's to solve disputes in a peaceful manner under law. And if it so happens that the laws are made by a leftist government, they will look one way. If they're made by a right-wing party or a liberal party, they will look the other way around. I'm not so worried. I, okay. I, I am worried, unlike you, yeah. but, but I think that Naor is trying to solve... <laughs> Naor is trying to trying to solve a problem by plugging the wrong hole basically <laughs> and, story of my life and it's uh <laughs> it's it's i mean it, in the end what's leading the, to this like uh population growth of the haredim is the state of the welfare state and that needs to be tackled and not not try to fix it by some kind of dictatorship you know it's interesting because if you look at europe or at america europe is in a way, you know, because of the lack of children. I mean, in Israel, even the secular population is growing all the time. And uh, mm -hmm. if you look at Europe, it's almost a dying population. Yeah. And this, fortunately, is not our problem. That is a much more serious problem for the free world or the Western world with all its values and so on. But, but the, the, Haredim are, are, the Haredim and the Arabs are multiplying faster at a higher rate. Not sure about yeah, the Arabs. N not, not, well, no, depending if you look at the... Uh, there are different parts in them, but you're right. It's not all the same. And um, I don't know. You know, there have been so many 
forecasts about what will happen in the world and there will be too much population and there won't be food and there will be climate change and God knows what and so on. In the meanwhile, things are still, okay. the world is still there. And uh, let's uh, get, just before we, we finish this episode, um, let's get back to the reform itself because yeah. first of all, you never said, s- finish the point of okay you said what's the current situation with the committee but you never said explain oh. what's the uh, which is important plan, of yes course. and uh, and then maybe your criticism what you would do differently so the plan is to have it three 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 justices of the Supreme Court three ministers and three members of the Knesset one of which will come from the opposition uh, in addition one of each group should be a woman and Okay. And uh, this is it now. In most of the Western world, judges are not at all on the committee that appoints the judges. So why, why did they go with that? Because uh, uh, some kind of a compromise again. I but 333, you don't if, do they still require a majority of uh, five? No, 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 the seven is majority. gone. It's a simple majority. Five, five is also the quorum. So if only five show up, they can take the decisions. Mm-hmm. Okay. So And any I, coalition has an ma- ma- automatic majority. Yes, that's true. Mm-hmm. Um, how it will work? I bel- look, at, the point, at this point in time, it is so unbalanced that you must have such a composition because otherwise you get nowhere. What will and happen I'm not worried if they... but why are they why are they even compromising I mean who is threatening to stop them there's a coalition yeah. that passed the law correct but nonetheless you see they do take account of the public sentiment and that makes sense by the way because they want to be reelected they want to show the public that they care for everybody and I told the members of the committee that apparently I have more trust in the politicians than they some of them have in themselves But because you, they yeah. would like you know one of our problems is that the The way the judges are appointed now, they don't owe much to the public, and those who appoint them don't care about the public either. Now, the politicians are accountable. They are held accountable to the public. And if they appoint bad judges, this will come back to them. I mean, if the people go on seeing, because you get into the court nowadays, it, uh, proceedings last forever. There is no certainty whatsoever. The um, procedure, in both in civil law and in criminal law, is a disaster. It's a shame. It doesn't stand up to any um, norms uh, acceptable in Western democracies. We need to fix all of these. But the first step, and this is really the, fir- the reform now, is, it's the first step. Number one, The, uh, who di- uh, the uh, composition of the appointments committee. Number two, that the basic laws cannot be any more reviewed by the judiciary. And then now we started debating in the committee also the judicial review of statutes because if you, one of the things they, the court, how the court does when it reviews it says, This is unreasonable. Anything is unreasonable. Now, unreasonable in common law countries, let's say in England, it has to be so unreasonable, the act, that no reasonable authority would have done this. Or in America, the definition is vexatious and arbitrary. 
In Israel, it's just um, in the eyes of the beholder. So let's say even the appointment of Delhi, which was a government act, of course, um, they said, well, yeah, it was legal. There's no doubt about that. And there were good reasons for Netanyahu to appoint Delhi because he was the head of the second largest party in the coalition. But nonetheless, in our opinion, it was extremely unreasonable to appoint him. Now, this is completely arbitrary. The, the judges, in a way, are deciding these matters unreasonably. This is unreasonable. The fact is that five justices thought that, uh, that maybe it was reasonable, but for different reasons. Now, this cannot be. I mean, so we have to fix this matter of reasonable has to be defined properly as vexatious and arbitrary or as so unreasonable as in England that no authority, let's say painting uh, the whole streets with red and white, not leaving one place for parking. That would be extremely unreasonable, but not uh, what we have. So the, this is also, this is the very basis of the reform. If we can't pass these things, then it doesn't help because the Knesset has already tried to amend its law several times. It was sent by the court to amend sometimes. And what will happen they this said, time if, if, the court, if the court says those laws are illegal? Uh, then we have, a, see, I, I want to believe that the court will not go to such an extreme. I, I, I find this goes beyond even my imagination, mm -hmm. I have to say. It's like what happened before the Big Bang. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. I agree. Yeah. That's scary. Okay. Because they have nothing to lose. What do they have to lose, really? I you know? Why not die on that hill? Only everything. I think. If they, no, but only everything if they don't. They only have everything to lose if they don't oppose it. I don't think so. I think that the public sees the problems for what they are. The fact is, we look, they say that the public had no idea when they made the vote that they will have a reform. But wait, in the Likud there were primaries. And Yariv Levine came up, uh, the Minister of Justice came up number one in the primaries. Now, And everybody knew his agenda. Exactly. Yes. I mean, and not only that, he would never have been elected as the great person of security, as the fighter against Iran. I mean, the reason he came out number one was because the reform of the uh, legal system was top on the agenda of everybody who voted right wing. We wanted to see a reform. Mm -hmm. And the same is true for the Zionist religious party. The same is true also for the Haredi. All this group, the 64 members, wanted probably this. wanted a reform. Yeah. And what will you do if, uh, or think, last question, if, uh, if there's a very big compromise, like the president's compromise, and, you know, a compromise which leaves the right, in essence, with nothing? I don't think this importance. is going to happen this time. I don't expect this to happen. Mm -hmm. You may agree, let's say, that not unanimous 15, but 80%, and then an override clause. Again, the override must not be more than 61. It's pretty difficult to get the 61. But you know the answer of the dead to the blind. We shall live and see. <laughs> <laughs> 
I believe, okay. I'm very optimistic. I believe in the reform. I think it will be very good for all citizens. And moreover, I'm confident that any government that will be formed later on will not abandon this reform. By the way, they didn't even stipulate that to turn the ref uh, to go back on the reform, you need 61. Any simple majority can abolish the reform. I'm confident that no coalition will abolish the reform. From your wow. words to uh, Aaron Barak. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's your equivalent of God. <laughs> no, God forbid. Um, thank you. God forbid. Thank you so much. Thanks for the work thank you you're so doing. Much. Uh, for the committee and it's really really inspiring I feel like you do it you know uh, uh, directly definitely yeah, from the heart just yeah, from yeah. the heart Z pure Zionism yes so thank you so much for coming Professor Talia Einhorn thank you so much for having me thank and, you thank uh, you yeah. wonderful hope you guys enjoyed see you Bye, next guys. time